Hey guys, uh, welcome back this week. We are getting ready to wrap the season up in the next episode. Today we're going to be talking about the way that we understand the world and our worldview, our family roles and expectations, and how all of those things are really tied together and shape and affect our parenting and relationship styles. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Momship Mastery Podcast, the ultimate destination for moms seeking balance, connection, and growth in their journey through motherhood. I'm your host, master's level therapist and life coach, Andrea Baker. Here at the Momship Mastery, we believe that motherhood is a purposeful journey filled with discoveries, challenges, and countless opportunities for growth. Our mission is to provide you incredible moms with the wisdom, inspiration, and tools to flourish as you nurture your relationship with yourself and those around you. Each week, we will dive into transformative conversations, therapeutic insights, and practical tips to empower you to thrive as a mom while still maintaining your unique identity. From self-care strategies to relationship building, from spiritual growth to parenting insights, I've got you covered. So if you're ready to embark on this journey with us, hit that subscribe button and let's explore the world of motherhood, relationships, and growth together. Remember, you're not alone on this journey and we're here to support you every step of the way. Our expectations are really closely related to our experiences and we kind of begin to expect things based off of these experiences. When we start to um, look at our life and our ideas this way and really start to break this down, we begin to understand the why behind a lot of the actions that we have and a lot of the actions of those who have raised us or who have had influence over us. I really want to start off with this point that our experiences and expectations are so closely related. And while that may seem like a simple thing to say, I don't think it's something that we often give a lot of thought to in our everyday lives. Like we build and create our expectations of people, of society, of our work, our goals. All of those expectations some way have to do with something we've experienced. So if we experience success in one area, then our expectations expectations in that area kind of reflect that success we've already experienced. Or if we are around um, mentors that have taught us or have exposed us to certain things, that begins to become our expectation. And it goes the same with our parenting style and with our relationships, right? If we grew up experiencing um, this a parental style that was very direct and clear, then that's how you expect people to communicate with you. But if that's not your experience, then when people are coming at you in that way, it disrupts the view of the world that you have. We're going to break that down and try to figure out why that is and how do we respond in that way. Yeah. So when we break this down, it helps us understand the why behind our actions and the actions of those who raised us or influenced us because their experiences affected the way they show up in the world. So when we start to understand and really break down these patterns and these expectations, then we start to see how the experiences are related to it. So I want to start with understanding family patterns. Family patterns are often things that are unnoticed. I know for me, I didn't really understand or even consider family patterns until I got into grad school and I had an assignment, a three-generational genogram. This assignment was basically 
basically to help you see how your family functioned over the past three generations, to notice any patterns, any positive patterns, negative patterns of addiction, patterns of communication, all of those things. So you really are able to break this down and look at the generations behind you to foretell how things could possibly go if things are continually done in the way that they were done before. I remember being in grad school, early in grad school, when this assignment was given, and I was grateful that my grandmother was still alive when this assignment was given. And I was able to really ask her some of these questions about her upbringing, understanding and the patterns that she saw in her family. And without these types of conversations, I don't think I would have had the understanding that I have of why my grandmother parented the way she did, why she had the types of relationships with her siblings that she had. I think one of the things we do is we don't ask a lot of questions. And without asking questions, we miss the blueprints of these patterns because we don't know to ask questions. So I did this genogram and I did this assignment And she shared some really insightful information with me that I don't think she had previously shared. She was speaking and I was tracking what she was saying and I was drawing the symbols and looking. There were so many patterns that I began to see from her generation to my mom's generation and then to me and how I was interacting in my relationship with my husband, how we were raising our children. I saw a lot of the same patterns. A lot of times we don't want to dig into the past or we want to disregard things that happened back then because we don't feel that they have much to do with us anymore. If we don't understand the past, right? If we don't understand that this past is a part of us and this past is in us, then it's going to keep repeating, right? That's the, the saying that history repeats itself. And that's if we don't listen to the story of history. If we don't analyze what happened, if we don't analyze certain things that happened in history, then yeah, they'll keep repeating. And yeah, we'll keep doing the same thing because that history is so deep rooted in us, right? Biologically, it's rooted in us, right? We understand that we still respond to certain triggers the same way our ancestors did. There's a reason we have this aversion to water. There's a reason that we find comfort in soul food and being together. There's a reason that we go to the things that we go to. It's not just because these make me feel good. There's a reason that we like the things we like. It poses the question of, is this a nature thing or is this a nurture thing? Do I just like this or is this a part of my upbringing? So doing this assignment, I was able to pinpoint some of the patterns. And I know a lot of the times, especially in our community, we automatically think that when we talk about family patterns, we're usually referring to generational curses. But I want to give the idea that not all patterns are bad, right? Not all these patterns are negative and these experiences shape our belief and expectations of behavior and ultimately our relationships with others. We have to understand these patterns and these experiences that create our understanding of how to navigate the world which in this instance, I'm going to call a map. So we use these experiences to navigate interactions, people, problems. We use these experiences to build that tolerance. I guess I've seen this problem handled this way, and this is how I want to handle this problem. I've experienced this relationship this way, so this is the way I need to handle relationships. Here's an example. I grew up in St. Louis where my husband kind of grew up 
in rural Mississippi. My experiences taught me that I needed to be more cautious. I needed to be aware of my surroundings, hypervigilant, cautious of people. His experience made him super friendly. Everybody was family. He grew up, you speak to everybody around you out of respect you build a strong bond with your community. So when we are in the same situation, we're responding to it differently. Initially, when I first moved to Mississippi, I didn't speak to everybody. I was just looking like I was very kind of on edge, I guess you would say. And it was weird to me because everybody just kind of was so trusting. Everybody was just, they knew everybody. You, they grew up with these people their whole life. It was kind of like, they really were family and I didn't grow up with that. So the way that I handled interactions, the way that I handled like responding to people and responding to uh, situations was a lot different. So we had to recognize that our maps were very different. So initially when we started to raise our children, we had to understand like, yes, this is our maps, but this isn't the map of the world. So while this isn't a bad thing, while these are key components, it's not their whole map. My husband is like, you speak to everybody, you're friendly, and it's still a key component of who he is. So when you're raising your children, we have to understand the things that are top tier for us to teach them are based on our own experiences. These experiences give us wisdom and skills to navigate our world, but not necessarily their world. This isn't the entire world we have to take into consideration that People are different. People are going to respond different. When we look at it that way and we understand that everybody has their own map and most of our maps don't look the same, we start to understand how people move. People are trying to navigate this world that we've never lived in before based off of experiences that we had before. So how do these experiences affect our parenting styles? I talked about generational patterns Usually we think about generational curses and the bad stuff, but I want to highlight some of the, the good things that were passed down. Some of the things that I saw in this genogram and for my family, you know, passing down prayer and faith, those were important. And we learned early that we needed to have a personal relationship with God, partly because both of my grandparents were Methodist pastors but also because our lives were very far from perfect and I learned that God would be my safe space. Even though my children have a very different experience than I did, I still wanted to pass down the essentialness of God. So prayer and faith is a key component in our lives, right? I wanted to um, to really highlight that's a very um strong factor in our lives. We pray together, we read. This is something that was passed down from generations before me. And it's something that I hope is continually passed down. But there are some other things that I realized were influencing my parenting style and decisions. And I guess this wasn't really a, a deep discovery for me. It wasn't something super profound, but it was very interesting that I realized each generation in my mom's family did like their own fight to break a mold that was in their generation. So for example, my grandma grew up during a time where you didn't talk about things like puberty and changing bodies. So while that was her experience, her motion for change was she still wanted to inform her children about it and she knew how to do that. 
was to give them books. So we knew that my grandma was going to give us a book about those hard conversations. She was going to give us a book about the things that you don't really want to talk about with your children or grandchildren. And that became her theme. My mom, on the other hand, she wanted to create a space that was so open. She wanted to have open lines of communication to the point where she just allowed us to to speak about all the things she wanted to open that space up. That was her way of breaking that mold. She wanted us to be able to feel safe to talk about it. My goal is to create a balance, right? Appropriate conversations and creating that safe space, creating that secure bond and allowing us to have that open space and have that ability to talk about it, but not overbearing and not, um, not giving the kids, not giving them too much, um, information at the wrong times, right. To keep our conversations developmentally appropriate, to keep them, um, safe, but still open, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's just an example of the ways that I noticed my family, um, their maps of the world and the ways that they try to rewrite those maps, the ways that they try to work around those things. But like I said, it's it's not something that we notice initially. Um, And I think maybe that may be something that we avoid doing because then we run into this limiting belief system and we feel like we couldn't possibly be able to achieve these things because our family didn't fully accomplish this or they didn't fully um, achieve this thing, that this goal that they have, or they tried really hard, but still had these hardships. I really want to take a moment to kind of reflect on that and figure out what that means for you. So again, like I said, my family was um, very strong advocates in the civil rights um, arena in the south of the United States for a long time. When I started looking at, you know, these patterns and I started looking at the strength and the the mental strength and the ability and the wittiness that my grandparents had, my aunts had, and just their ability to think through these situations, to feel that notion to just go and do it. Like I see all of those aspects in me and I don't take it like they weren't able to accomplish these things. I just think their world was a lot different than our world. While I have some of those qualities, this world allows for me to blossom. And my hope is that the world of my children allows them to blossom even more than I have. So I don't want us to look at these things and feel that we're incapable because of something that was not achieved by our grandparents or our parents or we're the first ones to do it and all we feel like we're going to do it wrong because we probably will miss marks, right? That's just life. That's learning. But I don't want you to look so far back that you get discouraged. I want you to look ahead and really think about how your future generations will look back at you and be thankful, just as you're thankful in so many ways. So let's go ahead and go into some of the steps for how do we rewrite our maps? How do we rewrite these maps, these experiences? There are so many different cultures of people. We can't allow our experiences to dictate how we approach this world. We can allow it to give us wisdom and understanding of how to be safe, but it cannot take over 
our overall view of the world. A lot of times people move fearfully throughout the world. They don't want to travel because um, of fear. They don't want to engage in conversations with other people or people that are different than them because, well, what if they say this and I get offended? Or what if they say this and I don't have a response? And I think that's such a strong element of why people stay the same. Even for me, I've just now gotten to a point in my life where I am able to have conversations with people that are very different than me. And it used to not be like this. I used to actually be very like afraid or I felt threatened in my own identity. I felt like if they said something that challenged who I thought I was, then I would be thrown off. But now I am so secure in who I am. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I believe that me having a conversation with someone that believes something different doesn't throw me off. It makes me very curious about their experiences. I understand that their experiences shape this worldview. So I'm curious to know what was your experience of love, hate? What was your experience of betrayal? What was your experience of family, right? It's so different all around the world. And I'm blessed to be surrounded by so many different cultures and conversations because I get to expand my view. I get to broaden my view. I get to see how other people live. I get to intake the things that, that apply to where we want to go as a family, right? Now we love to travel. We love to see other countries, but I have to teach my children. You can't go into this country thinking every place has this McDonald's. Like they're not gonna, they may not have it. That's okay. We're gonna try what they have. And a lot of times we are judgmental when people do things differently than us, that it makes us not want to try it. But I want to challenge that. I want to challenge you guys to step into a place of curiosity. And even if you have to do it one small step at a time, like looking on YouTube or reading a book, finding someone in your community that's a little bit different than you. All of these things help us to broaden our perspective. And we're going to need a broad perspective because our world is not the only experience. We won't open ourselves up to new experiences if we don't start opening our perspectives and what we're allowing ourselves to see. We need to evolve and reflect on the things that make us feel hesitant. And we want to do this, of course, with empathy and understanding. Um, it's going to be hard. Your brain is automatically operating to say, this is right, this is wrong. This feels right. This feels wrong. This is how we're supposed to do it, how we're not supposed to do it, because that was your experience. But we can teach our brains to do things differently. That's that neuroplasticity where your brain is able to grow and able to change. We're able to change our minds. And I want us to remember that. We're able to change our minds. And I want us to remember that, especially when we're talking about breaking some of those cycles that were not the most productive from where we want to go, right? We have to look back at the cycles to understand the generations before us. But it's also important for us to take this new knowledge and wisdom that we have and apply it to where we are. When we know better, we do better, right? So like I said, we're not beating up generations that came before us because that was their experience. That was what they knew and we honored them. But we also understand we can't continue to do the same things. We can't continue to do the same things. If we're looking at our children and we don't see the results we want to see with them, then maybe we need to figure out what are we doing? Maybe we're doing something that we didn't even respond to as their age. We'll find ourselves doing some of the same things that our parents did. We have to remember back when we were that age, did I even respond to this? How did I respond to this? Why did I respond in this way? 
how did I feel? And then when we look at our children, we understand differently. We understand, okay, maybe I need to change the way I approach this. Most times I found that my own healing really takes place in these changes that I'm able to make with my children. It may have looked differently for me, but I can't hold on to that notion that, okay, it wasn't done for me, so I'm not going to do it for them. That's not their fault. It's not their fault that I've experienced the way I experienced it, but it is my responsibility that I give them life in the best way that I can. Like it's my responsibility, it's me and my husband's responsibility to give them the best we can. And we can't give them the best if we're holding on to what was done to us. We can't give them the best if we're not dealing with that, right? And sometimes I feel like I'm healing myself every little decision that I make for them, every little change that I make for them, every time I don't snap out. And like I said, this looks different for me, but God has given me such a mandate to give them a fresh start. And he can trust that I will do that even with the experiences I've experienced. And I don't believe any less for you. I know that you desire to create healthier dynamics for the next generation. You desire to broaden your perspective and give your children new experiences. Remember, nothing is wrong with your map. It's your map. I just want us to understand that it's not the world, okay? Um, yeah. So once you understand that this is your map, then it's great for us to be able to communicate that with other people. This is how I experience the world. This is how I understand the world. So this is why my response looks this way. And I promise that it makes the world a difference in our communication. Whether you're communicating with your children, your spouse, your, your friends. When we explain to people, this is why I respond the way that I respond. Or this is why I say the things that I say. It's not an excuse. I'm telling you this because you're important enough to me that I want you to understand where I'm coming from and help me to understand your map of the world. Then we can figure out how to talk to each other in a way that's safe and brings about the results we're looking for. But that's a conversation for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about communication. I hope that this was helpful to you. I know this is our safe space for moms, but I really feel like this is a conversation that's going to be beneficial to um, anybody, honestly. Uh, it's a conversation I have with many clients to reshape our thinking and broaden our perspective. I hope this was helpful. See you guys next week. That's all for today, and I hope that you're feeling inspired to navigate your ships with grace and authenticity. But remember, you don't have to do this alone. Our growing community is here and ready to support you. You can find the link to that one in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a mom who may just need a little support and encouragement. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Momship Mastery, and those links are also in the show notes. Before we go, here's my little reminder. You are an incredible mom, and you have the power to nurture your inner well-being and create meaningful connections and relationships. Embrace the journey, cherish the moments, and continue to thrive in your momship journey. Until next time.